Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Use Guys in That podcast. I'm your host, Jay Colo, joined always by the soundboard operator, Angel, and our hosts, Chris G. and Randall. Today, we have a tremendous guest with us, uh, somebody that I've been looking forward to talking to for a long time, who I would like to uh, quip and say that he is the most patient anarchist on Liberty Twitter, uh, the, the nicest anarchist on Liberty Twitter, because while most of us are already telling someone to go pound shit into their eye sockets, uh, this this individual is genuinely trying to make his point as clear and concise as possible without insulting. And I'm tell I told I, I quoted him once, and I'm like, you are yeah, like you are such a nice, patient person. Uh, Ace, uh, you can find him on Twitter at Ace underscore Archist. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on to the show. Thank you for this. Oh, it's my pleasure, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. That was that's very kind. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, you're most welcome. So I got to ask you before we get started here, uh, what got you into the liberty movement? Like, uh, what was your journey per se? Oh, uh, great question. This so, this started for me. Um, I came from like a Republican household originally, and uh, Fox News was like always on in my house all the time. And I actually ran, uh, looked into this guy called Judge Andrew Napolitano. And then he led me to um, uh, Ron Paul and uh, Tom Woods, and the the rest is kind of history. Larkin Rose, yeah, that, that that was kind of my trajectory. And ever since then, I've kind of been obsessed with this uh, this like framework, this idea. And yeah, that's kind of where I am now. Fantastic. Now I wanted to ask you this. I alluded to it already. How can you be so patient in the face of utter <laughs> stupidity? online and i really mean that like i like we don't patronize on this show you are awfully nice and awfully patient so i'd love to know how do you do it without like blood shooting out of your eyes well I, i'm not always so nice sometimes i i catch myself snapping sometimes but uh <laughs> um i like to i always like to try to i like to have fun with it right if i'm having fun i can kind of it can kind of get over the uh the road bump of oh my god this guy just is not understanding what i'm saying uh, but it's like, well, I always try to think, well, you know, I was kind of that person at one point and then maybe I can try to help this, or maybe I can just, if some other like audience, someone in the audience, right. Uh, the proverbial audience can, uh, watch it and maybe, uh, you know, see something or learn something new. So that's kind of my philosophy when it comes to that. Do you find that it's working? Have you ever had somebody, maybe uh, not publicly, because I don't expect anybody to publicly admit that they're wrong. But mm -hmm. especially the crowd that we deal with. But um, do you ever have anybody come across maybe in the DM and say, hey, listen, I, you know, I thought about that and you, you know, I appreciate that, you know, you kind of changed my mind. I, I, yeah, I have had a couple of those and that, those are very, very uh, um, special to me. Like when I get that, it's like, oh, wow, I actually helped this person, you know. So, yeah, every once in a while I get that. Yeah. Okay. Now, how about this one? Uh, this is a particular uh, conversation that I picked up on that you said you, some of your favorite interactions on Twitter are when Marxists who don't understand marginal utility or time preference try to tell me I should learn yes. some economics. So I just wanted to find, yes. just real quick, real quick definition, Angel. Don't get upset. There's no gambling involved here. Um, marginal... <laughs> <laughs> Marginal utility quantifies the added satisfaction that a customer garners from consuming additional units of goods or services. The concept of marginal utility is used by economists to determine how much of an item consumers are willing to purchase. 
positive marginal utility occurs when the consumption of an additional item increases the total utility, while negative marginal utility occurs when the consumption of an additional item decreases total utility. So if you wouldn't mind expounding on that, what is the deal with these Marxists and marginal utility that you run into? Well, <laughs> it seems to me uh, with marginal utility, if, if the, so the labor theory of value is a huge can of worms itself and i'm sure even like no matter what definition i give there's going to if some marxist listens to this there's gonna be like oh my god this guy does not understand it which may be true uh, <laughs> uh, but what i find with marginal utility is that it would seem to me that if the if the labor theory of value is correct which would be that right if the um the average labor socially necessary labor time that went into um, a series of products uh, is what determined its value it would seem to me that under their theory, the price would stay steady, right? No matter how much was produced given right. their uh, yes. framework. But marginal utility uh, says that the the more or the more um, you consume a certain product or item, the it, that dictates the price. That will dictate the eventual price of the item itself, or the future price, I should say, of f future items, right? So it's uh, uh, it kind of conflicts with their main theory of that the labor is actually going to be what's producing the value itself and the price ultimately. Well said. And there's unfortunately, you know, man, like we're going to have the worst reputation in the podcasting circles because <laughs> every episode we seem to absolutely pull down our trousers and just spray shit all over and comms and Marxist. <laughs> no, it's, it's getting really bad. It really is. We can't is. help it, man. We just love shitting on them. I, I, I feel terrible about it, though, because maybe some of them really are. used to it. It's fine. Oh, this, this is, is true. Right. This is true. Well, and it's like you said, like, how many of them are, like, you know, like, genuine, like, a real Ancom, or how many of them are just fucking, like, Bolsheviks in disguise? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always the question, and it comes up almost every episode. And uh, so far that we have seen it seems to be all bolsheviks in disguise you know right. and haven't, haven't we like put out like a like a call like a couple of times like hey if there's any like genuine incomes out there like come talk to us and I yeah, no. Had any, we haven't had a single bite. So. No, nobody has. We just have one listener from uh, San Diego just chime in and say hi, and we're going to have him on the show in October, which isn't too far from now. I can't okay. believe how fast everything is going. Um, right. Yeah, he's going to come in uh, on, on October. I want to say a real quick shout-out to whoever's listening in Washington State. God damn, man. Like, you went on a downloading spree. I was watching the numbers spike like a motherfucker today. I don't know. You must have just found the show. But, I mean, <laughs> I appreciate it. But if you could reach out and say something to us about what the hell's going down in the Soviet Socialist Republic of Washington, I'd really like to know. <laughs> this is the third time I've asked. I'm really trying to get some behind-the-lines information about what's yeah, going on Does anybody over there. really even know what's continuing to happen in Washington? Like, I know there was, you know, the the protest in regards to Trump, and then there was, like, you know, the what they would say, like, the white supremacists showed up, and there was, like, beef between, like, Antifa and the white supremacists, and then that there was that whole narrative, which it wasn't really that. I mean, I know there was some white supremacists that showed up in some areas, but, like, does anybody really know what's continually happening in Washington? Well, it's on fire, too, now, right? Is it? The I mean, fucking everything's on fire on the West yeah, <laughs> Like, Like fucking California's in flames, and if Washington isn't in flames, they're fucking smothering in the goddamn smoke coming from California. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, speaking of flames, okay, now this is, this is going to be – this is so far – like – we talked to Aaron last week. Last week, obviously, you heard. I love Aaron. Yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah. Like I, I have a Superman crush yeah. on him. I'm not fucking yeah, ashamed absolutely. of it. Absolutely, I'm not. I don't, yeah, you, you say that every time you bring him up, man. Oh no, I get giddy. I get giddy like a schoolgirl. I, I love the guy. Like I, just, I must profess my man love for him. Listen, man, I'm about flying that black flag very high, and if it has a rainbow on it, you guys have to deal with it. I don't care. That's I'm, right. I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed of how I feel about Aaron. But Absolutely. I brought up Ace and how, like, it was a proud papa moment because you have taken the trolling to unprecedented levels. Like, there was there was Sputnik, and then there was Neil fucking Armstrong. 
and you're like Neil Armstronging this shit, man. Oh, like I, I have to contest you here. Aaron is still the king. Like Aaron was what spurred my action on this. He he is my like north star on this whole uh, trolling uh, trolling debacle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I have to, I, you know, I have to agree with you, especially since I'm already inclined to do so because of yeah. my uh, professed love because for the man. Of your, yeah, your, your man crush. Yeah. But how did like how did you get into doing this? Because I, I, I watch it's like art. Like I, I sincerely I stop what I'm doing at work. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's happening again. And there's Ace <laughs> doing <laughs> it's beautiful. No, just tell us how it's working for you. Well, it kind of started after that tweet, that uh, that anarcho frontierism tweet. Uh, and at first, I, I, you know, I was trying to, you know, uh, be diplomatic with them and try to say, well, no, no, it's not actually what you mean. And then further along the line, I started, okay, I'm actually just going to start trolling them. And then even further than that, you know, what? no, I'm just going to actually uh, become a Marxist-Leninist for a couple days, and I want to. Uh, um, absolutely uh, destroy these people i want to attack them from the left <laughs> and uh leave them uh, uh defenseless essentially which honestly um and that's what uh aaron has talked about before on uh, different podcasts and it, it's absolutely true like i can absolutely attest from my own personal experience that once they get attacked from once ancoms get attacked from the left essentially from like a marxist leninist perspective they have absolutely no idea how to retort not like that, that was my own personal experience. But yeah, it's been, uh, I, I was having such a blast. <laughs> it was, it was hilarious. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, it's high art. I'm sorry. It, it's beautiful. <laughs> and it just, I love the fact how they just, they do like, they bend the knee, man. It's, it's, it's yeah. incredible. Either they bend the knee or they're like, Oh, Hey, look birds. And they just leave the conversation. It's like, I gotta go. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like they have a bad case of diarrhea. Like, Oh, I gotta go. Right. Sorry. We gotta leave. Um, <laughs> Now, speaking of this anarcho frontierism, this is once again, <laughs> Chris. You got don't make me laugh. Yeah, I got to right. get through this. Yeah, right. just, <laughs> oh, it's so talk good. About you talk like poop jokes are just endlessly hilarious to me, man. You said diarrhea, and I'm sorry, but that is a funny fucking. Word. It is. You're right, it's and like, I, I, I I don't, don't care what anybody says. Diarrhea. The word itself is hilarious. <laughs> Every time I hear it, I think of that Family Guy episode where he, where Peter's like Lois, Lois, diarrhea. And, and she starts laughing and she's like, Peter, I'm holding iced tea. <laughs> oh, God, I hope we don't get banned for referencing Family Guy. Dude, we got guys, we got kicked off the last video we did. OK, so check this out. You're not you're not privy to this. OK, so we got kicked off. The last episode got booted off of YouTube for hate speech. Like we got, what? yeah, they banned really? our video. Yeah, now I now obviously you heard it, Ace, so you know that like we didn't yeah. say literally anything hateful. In fact, we pointed out no. how like the most ridiculous conspiracy theories about nine eleven had to involve the Jews because they always right. do. All the most ridiculous conspiracy theories are Jews. They're the right. worst. Okay, right. like well, here you are talking about them again, and this video is not going to go. No, I'm not going to get booted. We're not bad mouthing. We're not, though. but like, that's my point. So, bit shoot, it is. It's bit shoot. You're the sound. In fact, I'm I know, promoting you. I told you. you. I... No, no, no. You're getting promoted. You are now sound Chief engineer. Technology officer. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. The check is in the mail. We're moving to bit shoot. That's it. I'm not. I'm not okay. having this happen yeah. again. All right. Um, I'll do it right after we're done. Sorry about that, guys. I'm gonna have to put the video behind a paywall or something to get people to watch it. But it's. I couldn't believe we got banned. Like. Me, I like we didn't say anything negative. We said like people who say this shit are idiots, and they're like, I and I appealed it. An algorithm where it's oh, just it like has if to they be. hear a word, it's just an instant execution on the video. It's just right. done. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like how, how, how like how racist of them? Yeah, it, <laughs> that's very anti-Semitic of them. It is yeah, anti-Semitic of them. Do you know I like put this... that in there, dude? I put. I was like, do you know that like my mother's a secular Jew? Like technically, I'm part of the tribe. You, I, I literally can't get this wrong. I can't get this wrong. And they were like, we re we reviewed your uh, appeal, and uh, it stands. They're probably just hedging their bets. Yeah, they don't want to risk getting into any hot water at all. So they're like, let's just pull all of it. I was very disappointed. I was proud of that episode. Very proud of that work. Right, but right. Uh, moving on to the uh, the other fire that was started uh, by our guests. So please tell us more about anarcho-frontierism okay. and how that completely got everybody's panties in a bunch. That was beautiful work once again. Yeah. 
you know, when, when I first posted, well, I should figure out, I should say, um, I didn't create it. Some people think I did. I did not. The first person I saw who had it, who was talking about it on Twitter, was uh, um, a mutual of mine called Boogaloo Barkeep. And, okay. uh, and then I looked into it. And then I'm like, oh, this is kind of funny. It, it's like a meme. And then, you know, I, I posted the flag on Twitter with the tweet saying more and more I identify with anarcho-frontierism. And then yeah, I thought it was just pretty, you know, it, it's it's not harmful at all. I come back like, I don't know, two hours later and my notifications are being destroyed. Um, <laughs> and I'm being called a neo-colonialist. <laughs> Like, I, I just wanted I just wanted to meme and post this flag. I don't even know what's going on. Right now. A neo-colonialist. Neo-colonialist. Uh, so I, I have a description of anarcho-frontierism from uh, polcom uh, uh, ball dot dot uh, wiki or whatever, and uh, it, it here's the description and front. Full name anarcho-frontierism is an anarchist transhumanist, economically center, culturally center left ideology inhabiting the bottom of the political compass. He believes that the true anarchist societies can only exist on the frontiers of civilization. And so advocates for transhumanism to expand the frontier into space. His social system includes a, uh, a largely limited state or the abolishment of a state altogether. His economic system is heavily based on uh, his brother mutualism system. Uh, Anarcho-frontierism is an openly hostile to both market systems and communism and seeks to create uh, a system that combines their best aspects. His cultural ideals include protection of gun ownership, legalization of recreational drugs, women's rights, and sexual freedom, often touched upon in comics. Still, Anfront finds preserving uh, cultural import culture important, and especially when it comes to art, language, history. Despite being related to transhumanism, anarcho-frontierism supports only the augmentation and enhancement of the human body without changing its nature itself. So, yes, th this is um, <laughs> this is neo-colonial. Yeah, how dare you? How yeah. dare you? Oh my yes. gosh! So evil. Yeah, that's not even that's not even the same sport at this it's point. <laughs> God, I, I, know. I just love how seriously people were taking it. I was cracking up, like dying laughing while I, I saw the tweets coming in. Oh, and uh, also, so I, I, I tallied up how many communists actually were uh, <laughs> here. So, um, so I have 212 quote tweets as it stands right now on the tweet from communists. Wow. <laughs> and, and that's not including the comments in the actual oh yeah you brought out the hate the buddy post. you brought out the hate in them they were <laughs> pissed i mean that's i mean they haven't been this mad since the fucking wall fell i mean that was really good work yeah wow well you know Thank what you I, I have to say i did a little bit of research on this so uh r slash anarchy 101 which by the way if you happen to be anywhere to the right of the middle of the lower right. part portion of the quadrant, this is not a friendly place. Okay, no. I'm just letting you know. Um, R slash anarcho capitalism is kind of dry. There's not a lot of activity on there because I think most ANCAPs have like been run off of every platform that they can find. Uh, yeah. But this one is, um, let's just say it, it leans, you know, heavily to you know the the left hand side of the the yeah. quadrant. Which whatever, that's fine. But I looked it up, and this is one of the – and I'll put it in the show notes in case anybody's interested in taking a peek at it. But it's under – it's on – under cottage, Cottagecore and Anarchism, excuse me. One of – no, this is this is great. Now, there is a – we're not going to go through all 62 comments, but I'm just going to give you a taste. To, oh, no, no, no. It got deep. It got deep. Um, and I went through it. And it's – I'm telling you, if you have a moment and, you know, you, you want to check it out, by all means, I highly encourage it. But this is what one of the – the people wrote, the beginning of this thread says, One of my biggest dreams is to live in a cottage in the forest, making bread for the local commune, learning crafting, cuddle with my special someone, etc. But recently, I've seen how cottage core can be used to spread right-wing and traditionalist values in the frontier myth. So the question is, can I be an anarchist and still dig the cottage aesthetic? And one of the responses is, of course, homesteading and the skills that come with it don't belong to any ideology. Learning to be self-sufficient as possible is always a good thing. Using those skills to help others is even better. That's pretty, that's pretty neutral, right? That's not a bad yeah. thing to say to anybody. And then, of course, uh, the cavalry arrives. 
<laughs> don't get me wrong. I love ideology that emphasizes self-reliance and sustainable relationships with the land, but I think it's important to remember that homesteading and frontier narratives are a product of settler colonialism. One of the main problems I have with the explosion in popularity around the cottagecore aesthetic. People talk of homesteading, which is inherently violent process that is used as a justification for stripping native peoples of their land and freedom. I don't, I don't know what other folks think about this. And then it goes on. Once again. That's a lot of negative, like, things in one, listen, like, small package. Listen, listen, comrade sound engineer. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. When Chris sent that joke where it has like the and caps and the and the and the the, the oh, agorist yeah, standing there yeah. and there and then someone goes, Oh like, no, oh God, here, here come the ancoms and they just spray <laughs> shit every yeah, literally yeah. spraying shit everywhere. <laughs> this is it right here. Like that first comment was like very neutral. That's just a gen that's an that's a a very um I guess bland flavor of an anarchist answering back. Yeah. Like, no, it's good to have those things. It's fine. And then somebody had to, of course, yeah. there's I know that somebody disagreed with me when we wrote our blog about Keith Preston, who's been a guest on our show, who gave a master class on this topic. He kind of likened anarchism to the different sects of Christianity. So you have all of these yeah. sects fighting. Like, I don't think agorists fight anybody because, well, I mean, they're, they're right. One. Number one, they're correct. <laughs> yeah. um, right. Two. There's no reason because I'll I'll sell bullets to whatever side wants to buy them. It doesn't matter, right? Because that's the bottom line is is it's economics. But the the thing that the, he got to and people took exception of this isn't this is an example of I would even call it anarcho puritanism. Like they have to come in. This guy has to ride his horse in and say no. You are deviating from the true path. They're almost like like Cromwellian puritans that they have to yeah. come in and settle it. Like no, it's just like that. Neo-colonialism. Neo-colonialism. I couldn't believe <laughs> it never ends. It, the, the shit show never ends. And that's why I start to feel bad. And then I, I remember, I'm like, oh, yeah. Somebody came in. Somebody actually wanted to talk about something that was, like, decent. Somebody comes in and replies and says, oh, yeah, no, no, you can do that. And we're like, uh, excuse me, purity check. Right. Uh, no, you can't do that. It's My like, come on. No, One sorry, of my favorite um, tweets I got about that was a communist quote tweeting me. I don't know if anyone saw it, but um, it was um, it was like, you know, uh, frontierism is uh, deeply embedded with, uh, you know, killing natives and genociding the natives and all that. And, and I just responded back, well, if we can't separate a concept from its historical manifestation, then I have very bad news for you about Marxism. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, man, you should pin that right. to your profile. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> what I don't understand is we've done this before, and I'd like to get your take on it. Maybe you have a different perspective. Perhaps you can correct me, and I'm open to being corrected. But I still yet to find an angel does this, too, where she's like, please explain what your definition of X is. So if they if if real communism has never been achieved, then what were all of those examples? If they were state capitalism, what was the thing that Pete said? If, if it was just state capitalism, then state capitalism defeated fascism. Like you have to be very careful right, yeah. what team you're going to pick in this fight, because it might hurt your feelings a little right. bit, you know? No, that. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, I I I venture to guess that they like I, I'm a recovering Marxist. Okay, I was a member of the Socialist Party USA when I was young and very idealistic oh. and misguided. Yeah, I'm, I openly admit that I, I'm in recovery. I've been clean since 2002. <laughs> like a fucking addict. Yeah, you need to get you a chip. I should get a chip yeah, for 18 years. Yeah, as years. I say, we'll get you a sobriety chip, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what I discovered is, like, when once you once you adopt the black flag, like, even your own fellow anarchists hate you because, once again, you're not part of the right team of anarchists. Right. Like, I thought, like, we were all just, you know, <laughs> right. like, you, you abandoned the, the red flag. And, like, for right. example, like, I've talked about this before. Like, I started as a Marxist. I actually ran for mayor uh like they did a student government day when my senior year of high school so i had posters all over school that said vote communist vote cologne oh, and they had my picture next to lenin's like uh like his bust and <laughs> the kids were the kids were coming my classmates were coming up to me and they were like they're like oh jay I, I voted for you they, and like all like most of the senior class came up to me 
And I then, then I accused uh, the person who was running the entire program, I forget what the fuck his name was, of rigging the election against me because I lost to somebody who nobody knew who the fuck they were. So it was a bullshit was story. Yeah, yeah, see, <laughs> once again, Russian meddling election against a communist like me right yeah. now. Um, so then they stuck me in the clerk of courts uh, seat. Like they're like, well, they, 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 they paid me off and they're like, we'll make you the clerk of courts. So I had to wear like this suit and tie. So I wore this beautiful red tie to symbolize my, you know, the beautiful red flag. I'm coming to this thing. And I sat right. down and I remember <laughs> sitting there and I just, I was chewing gum while I was listening, like nice and loud, like being very, you know, like, you know, I was obstructing everything. And then finally I got up and the, they were televising yeah. this. I have to find the tape. They were televising this on local cable television. Oh, that's fantastic. I got up and I go, I have to smoke. And I just walked out <laughs> while they were in the middle of it. <laughs> it was great. That was the end of my political Wait, that, career. Pass me down, you comrades. I must go have a cigarette. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then I, I, uh, I eventually... You know, because here's the thing is like when you I was religious at the time, too. So I was I was Catholic. Mm -hmm. So at the time you're going like because here's the thing, like Jesus is the most like, I don't know, malleable deity in the pantheon yeah. of all gods. Right. Because oh, the, yeah. com the commies will claim. And I know this because I rolled with them that Jesus was a socialist or Jesus was a communist. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But the Christian conservatives are like, oh, no, no, he's Republican. You see, he was yeah. like, he didn't give him fish. He taught him how to fish. You see, God damn it. You know, like that, seriously. No, no, no. And like poor Jesus is getting dragged everywhere. He's like, oh my God, like, yes. what am I going to do about this? And then of course, once again, when I became an anarchist, if you go on, on Google and look up, Jesus was an anarchist. Yeah. There are so many fucking claims. The poor man can't catch a break. He doesn't yeah. know what team he's on. So I just, that was my, uh, my journey from that. It was like, I was, uh, I, I would go to church and of course the church is very anti-abortion. I didn't know that they were so pro fucking kids, but whatever that was at the time. Um, and then you make this journey further to the right. Like you become a Republican and then you realize Republicans suck. Okay. Just yeah. like, you know, you grew up in a Fox news environment, right? So yeah. and then yes. I became a lowercase C conservative. I'm like, no, oh, you guys are kind of lame. You really don't follow the Constitution because you want to be like, you know, the Constitution's kind of like the Bible, like like a secular Bible, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the just used when it's needed, when yeah. someone needs to use it. Correct. It's discarded when they don't. Correct. And uh, we're going to talk about that in just a minute, by the way. Happy Constitution Day. I mean, whatever. <laughs> hey. hey, hey. And um, as you move further to the radical side, like, I used to argue with people like I got Michael Malice got very upset with me once during a live chat. I remember telling Angel about this and I was like, I was like, hey, Michael, how can the anarcho-communist claim to be anarchist? Because my limited understanding as I was making my way over that they were talking about communism from a, like the only understanding I had was a Marxist understanding, right? Like the dictatorship of the proletariat, the worker control, the means of production, all that stuff. Yeah. That's not like communism existed before Karl Marx right. decided to write anything down. It has nothing to do with dictatorship. Okay. Right. So he got mad at me. He's like, they were the first ones. You need to read a book. He was really mad at me. So, I mean, technically, the mutualists were the first one with Purdue. <laughs> so uh, when anarcho-communists tried to claim that, uh, well, it's their heritage, it, unless they're specifically talking about mutualism, uh, they're, I don't know. I, they're just, I don't know what they're talking about when they tried to say that. Well, here's here's the question. Do you think that's because Proudhon talked about market uh, econ uh, economics? Do you think that that is what makes them recoil? Because now Proudhon is definitely not anywhere on the right. I mean, mutualism right. is pretty as like center. It's like kind of center. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It. I would call it like I would say it's a little bit left of of you know, agorism in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's. Yeah. But I think that that's part of their problem. Wouldn't you say is that as soon as you start talking about a market. They immediately think, oh, well, this is the bourgeois class. They're trying to get involved and stick their hands in the economy. And no, we can't trust them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And specifically for them, they view it as coercion because they think they view everything through the lens of that you're a human being and that you have a positive right to resources and that any property claim, any withholding of a resource is essentially uh, creating a coercive environment for them. Right. So yeah. That's how, they, uh, yeah, that's how they view everything. And that's why markets to them are coercive. Any market. Yeah, and that blows me away because I think even Proudhon, you know, he seems in light of the entire 
pantheon, I guess I'm going to use that mm-hmm. phrase again, of of heroes that we have from the yeah. movement from, and we did a show a while ago on, uh, or we did a tribute to revolutionary women. I mean, I even played mm-hmm. the international for it. Like I, oh, nice. I went hard to the left that day <laughs> Yeah, because all of these women that we were talking about from Kate Sharpley to Emma Goldman to Lucy Parsons, they were mm-hmm. ANCOMs a hundred percent. Like there's, there was no other option really oh, at yeah. the time. Um, but they, um, if you read some of what uh, Voltaire declare had to say, yeah, yeah, she, 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 she gets thrown in with anarcho-communists, but I don't really like. She seems more of a market anarchist than anything yeah, else. Yeah, I, I think later in her life she became more anarcho-communist, but very like most of her early life she was quite clearly a market anarchist of some form, like in at least in the Predonian or Benjamin Tucker tradition. I agree, and it's a shame that she didn't live long, uh, as long of a, of a life as Emma Goldman did. Yeah. I think Emma's tremendous. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I love Emma. Yeah. She, uh, we're using these phrases on Twitter now. I'm seeing heavyweight and welterweight. <laughs> well, Miss <laughs> uh, Miss Go- Goldman is definitely a heavyweight. Like absolutely, like she's, she's oh, tremendous, yeah. and she huge respect for Emma Goldman. See, that's the thing, man. Like that we talked about that before, where you start to lose some of the white, uh, the uh, right quadrant of anarchists yes. as soon as you give respect to these, you know, these people who came before us who really paved the way, really were revolutionaries in the very, yes. in the, the very definition of it. And they're like, well, that makes them uncomfortable. I don't know why it has to make you feel uncomfortable. Like right. the thing is, is while I could probably sit down and have coffee with Emma Goldman and talk about how much we hate the government, but when it came time to settle down and figure out where we we're going to live, she probably mm-hmm. was going to live in a different area than me. Right. You know, and I think that that's probably why a lot of us liked what Vermin Supreme was doing, because he, apart from the boot and all of the antics and the glittering and, you know, trying to uh, shame that uh, that bigot that hated gays. I forget. I think that was in 2012 when he was running before he like glitter bombed some bigot that that doesn't like gay gay people. Yeah, I remember that. I love that man. I love it. I mean, yeah. But what he said was really brilliant. He said that the Liberty train has many stops. So right. we all don't have to. And I think that uh, even Kevin Carson, who is a mutualist, a huge mm-hmm. fan of Proudhon, uh, and he does stuff for uh, Center for Stateless Society, I believe. He yeah. even said that they would ha- we would have so many different communities yes. with different yes. ways to do And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And that's why I've mm-hmm. asked so many times for ANCOMs to come on to the show, because just because I don't agree with you on economics doesn't mean that you know we don't we don't have to be enemies like this isn't this isn't a war like i'm just yeah. not going to hang out with Absolutely. you you know what i mean um and, oh yeah and i actually think oh sorry go ahead no no please take over oh no i was just saying i actually think ancoms and ancaps get this wrong it, when in the sense when they view an anarchist society where they think their society is going to be dominant in the sense that it's going to be almost imperial in the sense that every place is going to look like ancapistan or everyone everything's going to look like an anarcho-communist uh uh, commune it's like no more realistically there's going to be you know the, well it's already theoretical but it, even in a theoretical uh it's it's going to look like a panarchist uh anarchy right where you kind of have like you have your anarcho-communist over here you have your mutualist over here and you know any disputes can kind of be settled in like an arbitration just like any other individual dispute would be right so yeah it, it's funny how they see the lens like it has to be once it's almost a totalitarian uh, yes. ideology really it's you know it has to be this way or it can't exist and it's like well right. you 90 percent of your interactions already are anarchistic as it were yes. do you are you imposing your ideas on other people or are you voluntarily interacting with them regardless of what they believe because once again like i'm sure i've bought dope off of communists i'm 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 100 percent positive i have <laughs> I, I'm sure, Chris, I don't mean to speak on your behalf. I'm sure that you've bought uh, marijuana's off of probably some socialist. Like, I don't give a shit what they believe uh, in. They got the reefer. Right, Let's go. You right. know? <laughs> like, like, if this is like, like a voluntary exchange and your shit's fucking gas, then, you know. Let's go. Right. I'm, I'm in, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't, we don't have to chill and hang out, you know? Like, you, you can fucking just, uh, you know, I'll give you the money, you give me the goods, and I'll get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, that's how I feel. Now, before we get mm-hmm. into Constitution Day, I asked this question to Randall before, and I want to get your take on it because I'm I'm having kind of a hard time trying to figure out how we would work this out as a free market solution. So what do you think the free market solutions are to environmental concerns? Like we talked about the Great Pacific gar- uh, Garbage Patch before, which is a disgrace and a blight on this right. planet in, in, in the food chain. You know, for once the once the plastic gets into the fish, it's over for the rest of us, and it's already happening. Yeah. So, absolutely. What, what, in your opinion, is a free market solution 
to the environmental concerns and things that we're dealing with now because that like I don't want to ignore those folks because it is important. We all do breathe the same friggin' air. We do drink the same water. Like these are important right. things and they don't need to be dismissed, you know? So what, what do you think? What's your take? Yeah, I, I think, I, and it's not that I agree with the standard, like ANCAP uh, um, idea of this is that well, property rights will definitely reduce it. I also think uh, you can even go a little bit further and say that um, it, even if it's unowned property and they're dumping things into a water source which will then be used by someone else that's going to end up as a property violation in itself right so even if you're dumping something on like if you're um dumping something in a water supply that someone downstream is going to use in some sense you violated their use right of that water right yeah like um yeah so even if the whole thing isn't pro private property or properly owned i would still say that that action you're still in some sense uh causing harm to someone by doing that even if it's not strictly on someone's property it will eventually go to their property and that that chain of events in my in my opinion is an aggression even though it didn't start even though the aggression didn't start on private property right well i appreciate that that's a really good perspective and uh you know it's something i think we should talk about more because i see a lot of people recoil from it and it's always like yeah. you know it's important to randy and it should be important to me as well. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, oh, yeah. I, I always try to ask people what their solutions are because the thing is, is like I talked about it before with Randy and Chris and, and Angel, that we do already have, the state has already enacted allegedly all these restrictions, yet it still happens because in, in my opinion, there's got to be some sort of corruption happening where certain actors are given passes on how much garbage and they can dump into our water yeah. or how they can act because they have the money to grease the right palms to make sure somebody looks the other way. So oh, yeah. despite, that we, despite the fact that we have legislation on the books that protects waterways or oceans or mm -hmm. what have you, it's still happening. So the right. argument of we need a state body in order uh, in order to protect the not, not only the consumer but to protect uh you know everyone else is kind of false because it's already happening yeah. i mean even if you look back in history uh like uh w with common law right is that if um if a uh, if someone else like polluted or did something else to the environment that caused harm to a person or their property they could file a, a charge against whoever did that, right? But now with the state, what they do is that while they claim to be protecting the environment, what they really do is they give these companies special legal privileges on how much they're allowed to pollute. So they can pollute up to a certain amount and just never face charges for that, even if they actually do cause harm, right? So the state actually, under a certain level, the state actually protects uh, polluters against uh, people they pollute. That's a great point. Excellent point. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, uh, I already alluded to it earlier. Comrades, happy Constitution Day, everybody. <laughs> Woohoo. Hey, um, party. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you, know, you know, when I was a status, it was one of my favorite uh, days. I would, yeah. I would, you know, I would rail on about the Bill of Rights and how brilliant James Madison was yeah. and, you know, and how the document was the greatest bulwark against government. Um, <laughs> but, or the discussion of whether it was like a living document or a dead document. Yeah, the yeah the living document or the dead. That was a very yeah, you're absolutely right. And then it would be like time to go to pistols over it. You know, like oh, it's a living document that's going to change. You're like, no, god damn it, you're wrong. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, if yeah. the Constitution is the is a bulwark against the government, I would argue that it's constructed very poorly, probably consisting of Elmer's glue and paper mache at this point, and um, to pay tribute to a gentleman that we already talked about uh lysander spooner put it best uh but whether yeah. the constitution really be one thing or another this much is certain that it is either authorized such a government as we have had or has been powerless to prevent it in either case it is unfit to exist end quote i uh I pulled this because I typed this in before I, you know, before our discussion was going to start, and I'm going to post it in the show notes. And if anybody wants to take a look at it once again, I, I really, I really highly encourage this because the Tenth Amendment Center kind of owns itself, and it's tremendous. It says, "Don't blame the Constitution for your loss of liberty." And uh, it goes on to say, some people want to blame the intrusive, overreaching federal government we have today on the Constitution. Many cite a quote from 19th century anarchist Lysander Spooner to drive home their point, the one that I just read. 
Uh, but if you really stop and think about it, this argument is silly. As the Tenth Amendment Center Executive Director Michael Bolden said in a tweet, Bolden, not Bolton, the pop star, as it were. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just want to clear that up real quick, uh, just in case any of you guys are yeah. real big. It's Michael not like Bol- the singer. Not like the singer. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, if you guys don't get that that reference, I guess I'm really old. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he says you can't. Motherfucker ain't had a hit in years. <laughs> I, you know he hasn't. You can't blame an inanimate object for the loss of liberty. Words on paper can't cause or prevent anything, no matter how many times you quote Spooner. James Madison called constitutions, quote, parchment barriers and said they were insufficient to stop the uh, encroaching spirit of power on their own. From Federalist Papers number 48, Madison wrote, a mere demarcation on parchment of the constitutional limits of several departments is not a sufficient guard against those encroachments which lead to a tyrannical concentration of all the powers of government in the same hands. Well, then why do we have one? Can somebody right. explain and, that to me? And people have been taught all their lives that, well, the Constitution is the bulwark, right? Uh, so he's, they're not necessarily wrong that, yeah, people need to defend their own liberty, but it's like people have not been taught that. They they actually do think that the Constitution is going to regulate the government. They really believe this. Oh, they do. And I'm sure that I could pull the poll that they had uh, years ago when I was younger. They did a poll like there's a majority of Americans who vote, by the way, who say that uh, they're, the Constitution protects your right to own a pet. <laughs> They re- yes. Oh, yeah, they're amongst us. They drive cars and they vote. Yes, yes, yes. they do. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Chris, the shit's deep, man. I'm sorry. It, it's, I'm, no, don't. Don't be sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It, it was. Oh, it was. It was one so, of those sad trombone moments for me when I read that. Right. Like, okay. So fucking oh real fucking galaxy brains out there. Yeah. <laughs> but. The idea that what, what what drives me crazy too is if you talk to the average statist, they're going is it like, okay, well, where do your rights come from? Okay, well, mm-hmm. they come from God, or they, you know, they come. Well, right. I've heard plenty of people tell me that you know you wouldn't have these rights if they weren't in the Constitution, and I always I counter, I try to do the ace thing. I do, I I, I go calm, but my blood pressure like there's a vein in the <laughs> middle of my uh, in my forehead that starts to pulsate. Because I'm I'm starting to like look for duct tape to tape my head so it doesn't explode everywhere, but uh, I'm like, well, first of all, those rights existed before government existed. Okay, government right. can't be like the piece of paper. Even anything. the even the even the um was it the it says like it it's given to you from God or wherever. What what which document is that? The Bill of Rights where it says that, or is that the actual Constitution? Uh, the Declaration. Yeah, the Declaration, Declaration. of Independence. That's yep. where it says that. Like it's given to you. These rights are given to you from God or like from nature. Yeah, basically. they're natural rights. Right. Like so, it's just ridiculous that they argue. You know, oh well, no, this piece of paper gives them to you. It's like no, the, right. the piece of paper that you're referencing references something outside of that right yeah. and they and, don't get and it even the constitution itself says the freedom of speech right or the right to bear arms meaning that there's a precedent for it, it these things preceded the state yeah right it's not saying well we're giving you the right of free speech or we're giving you the right of uh it even the bill of rights itself which is not a great document in my opinion still uh defers uh respect to these things already existing at least in like uh the enlightenment thought that's a really good point. That's that's excellent because if if in fact the state was trying to or the authors the the founders were trying to take credit or at least say that government was the source of your rights, it would say, you know, the right of the people to bear arms is permitted by this by the government of the United States or the federal what have you what you know, it would be but that's a really good point. I never thought about it that way. I never thought about it that way. That's excellent. They automatically recognize that it pre-existed the writing yeah. of any dot which is brilliant because they're right they got a lot of things wrong yeah. but that is true yes. um right i uh I, I i i recoil at the idea that when people defend like i have a co-worker who i really i'm i i care about he's a nice guy mm-hmm. um his uh his ex-wife ended up marrying her stepbrother we talked about it in a show a couple oh. of times. yeah it's yeah it's real jerry springer x he, he's a he's the poor guy but he, he's moved on but anyway he was arguing today he's a big sean hannity fan right like oh, God. <laughs> oh yeah oh no, yeah. no 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 it's good mr glue hair himself like it's really good <laughs> and he was talking about like you know these people that are kneeling for the national anthem like i don't care about the magic cloth no. or any yeah. of that the, the song it doesn't bother me i don't care right but listen he tells hey, me people died for that shit you understand yeah i, yeah, I know <laughs> i know forgive me please forgive me i'll flagellate they myself 
I'm sure their dying breath was like, oh, I did this for the flag. And that's oh, like, that <laughs> shit pisses me off every time yeah. people say it. I'm like, they didn't yeah. care. They didn't do it for that piece of fabric. Like, you can that. say it as much as you want, but it doesn't make it true. Like, that's what you wanted it to be for. But, oh, my God, it pisses me off. Well, you're, you're, you're a Marine, so, like – would you? What would the boys? You know, what would your fellow Marines die for each other? Right? Like it would be like. That's the only thing that they would die for. Right? Yeah. For yeah. Each other. yeah it's and the it's guy like, next I to you. Understand that it's like they died wearing a uniform, and it's like that's why they get upset when people like that either never earned it, try to wear it, or they like bastardize it in some way. But it's like again, nobody died for that uniform. And if they did, I'm very sorry because that's kind of a lame fucking thing to die for. But <laughs> and I'm sure if someone disagrees with that and is very offended right now they're but not listening okay to this show me. i'm telling yeah, you right they, now they wouldn't have yeah. made it this far no yeah. no they wouldn't yeah, have made no it. way like, how. and it's like i get that people want it to mean something because it's like to them that makes it like they died for something but it's like right. they, yeah they didn't do it for a piece of fabric they did it for ideas that are intangible they did it or just for the guy next to them it's not like don't make it about all this other bullshit. That's all I want to say. But like everybody gets pissed when you say that. And then yeah, they kneel at a football game, and I'm like, why the fuck are we even doing the national anthem at a football game? Who the fuck cares? Like everybody knows we're in America right now. I didn't forget. Like, yeah. I, and then they freak out about that. They're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I mean, it, it's some cult bullshit. It's literally just cult shit that's been I going agree. on for so long that nobody yeah. questions it and I, if you try to talk about it they get very upset oh they do and, know like it's and i've always been uncomfortable when like they would chant like usa and like it never happened before but i remember i went to go see tool in concert and it was like right yeah. after like 9 11 and like everybody was chanting usa and maynard's like no 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 no, no. like don't you know that's not a good idea to do that you know and he said so i don't remember what he said because i was excited for tool but, like, I got really <laughs> uncomfortable, you know, at the fact that, like, everybody was chanting USA. And I've always, my entire life, been uncomfortable when it's the Pledge of Allegiance or, you know, like, the National Anthem or any of those things. Like, I, it's always made me feel uncomfortable. And, like, I just always thought it was weird and cultish, too. So I have yeah. to agree with you. And it's like – what you be like oh fuck i'm real tired right now and some people be like you know who's really tired like people overseas right now and i'm like dude can you give it a fucking break like <laughs> we get, they get a monopoly right. on fucking everything like holy right. shit you're allowed they'd be, to, a lot, like, they'd be a lot less tired if we just brought them home <laughs> imagine that like, what a wild concept oh man and i thought it was interesting this is kind of like a sidebar thing but it's like they moved the Joe Rogan podcast to Spotify, so now I get it. And I listened to the interview he did with Tim Kennedy, and he's talking about fucking uh, why he thinks it's a good thing that basically we're like the police force of the world and that we do all this like global intervention and stuff because he thinks it's like us preventing another 9-11 kind of thing from happening. Oh, or it's God. like sure. we're building schools overseas and like helping improve – Jesus. the quality of living and i'm like he doesn't talk about resources at all or anything like that or like he it's because in my opinion at least like the dude's incredibly smart and knows what he's doing but it's like he is bought in completely to the narrative that it's like these are the reasons why we are there this is why everything we are doing is right but it's like it doesn't take a step back or look at any other point of view and it's like because of things like this like another 9-11 hasn't happened but then like two sentences later he's talking shit about the patriot act and i'm like guy pick a side like what do you mean yeah but he's you the isn't he the one who uh live streamed him getting waterboarded like they he uh, water yeah he, i don't know he's like he's a green beret and an mma fighter and the dude's jacked and it's like i would not want to fuck with him but it's like i just don't get how he holds certain ideas. It's like double think. It's like two conflicting yeah. ideas and he holds them both at the same time. Yeah. It's like the Gadsden flag being next to a blue line flag on your, on your Chevy. Like, bro, <laughs> don't get yeah. started. Yeah, no, I won't. I'm sorry. No, my neighbor does it. I like, I look at it every day and I'm like, like, I really hope it's a joke, but it's not. I know. It's not. <laughs> I hope it's a joke, but it's, it's not so incredible. No, it really is. And the thing that like, she's right. That like, we're all, we, everybody got it right. It, it is a cult. Angel, everything you said, like, here's the, listen to this, guys. So I kind of succeeded but failed as a parent on many levels, and I'm going to tell you one of them right now. So my 17-year-old, who's a senior in high school, refuses to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. He will not do it. 
and he says that the redneck kids like you know give him dirty looks or hard time but my kid is like six foot two and like 300 pounds so they're really not going to do anything about it um now my now here the downside is like my kid does lean anarchist but he wants to he's like he has the iww pin on his hat and he wants to he wants to join the industrial workers of the world when he gets to be 18 because he he feels that his labor is being exploited at McDonald's like he's ready to fucking organize the shop like it's listen like, they sat him down they sat him down and they go listen you've been doing such a good job you don't call off you show up all the time we want to promote you to assistant manager when you turn 18 and he told me this and I'm like how much are they going to pay you he goes uh, I think like 15 or 16 bucks an hour. I forget which one. They mentioned both numbers. And I'm like, oh, that's really good. He goes, yeah, but that means I can't join the IWW because you can't be a boss. So I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Pump the brakes. Are you, are you serious though? 15, 16 dollars an hour? Yeah, their their manager, the, the lady that runs his, uh, his night shift crew, she's making 21 an hour. Shit, that's more than I made as a paramedic, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nope. I, Go work at McDonald's. I'm not, you know, man, like, everybody shits on a McJob until you realize that people love to fucking eat Egg McMuffins and Big Macs. And, oh, yeah. Right. You know, it's, once again. It's just crazy to put things in perspective like that, though. Because, like, I saw another tweet today where it was like, hey, Hobby Lobby's paying people 17 an hour. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, I went to school and all this bullshit. <laughs> I'm, like, making 15 an hour for that. And somebody's at fucking Hobby Lobby cranking out 17. It's like, yeah, good for them. Like, fuck yeah. But it's like, how the, like. How does we, that like, make sense? Spread that out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. At Hobby Lobby, everything's expensive. So no one, I mean, I don't even know how you end up paying your workers seventeen dollars an hour, and it costs ninety bucks to get a frame on a fucking diploma. I don't know. Well, I, I hear what they like to do is it's like that's for full time, and they'll say people oh. are part time, and they can work like thirty nine hours a week, yep. so they don't give them all the shit. And it's like yep. only a few people are making that, so that wouldn't surprise me either. But it is, it is kind of crazy to me how certain stuff gets lined up like that. Yeah, it, it is. It is interesting. But hey, listen, guys, if you, if you if anybody's looking for a job out there, you know, and you're not a member of the IWW or you're not aspiring to organize <laughs> workers at your uh, workplace for the IWW and no offense. And I don't mean any disrespect. I think that they're the best labor union in the in the country because they actually want to fight people. And I think that that's noble. Yes. I mean, really, I think out of all of them, like they hate they hate the AFL CIO. Because yeah. they, 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 they're all the IWW prides themselves on being run by workers. Like it doesn't have a hierarchy where they pay bosses. And I've always made this reference, and I know I've told Angel about this. I'm, I'm a member of uh, the Communication Workers of America, uh, and I remember going to a Christmas party, and I met the boss of our local. And the dude, like the first thing I did, I shook his hand, and he's way more portly than I am. And he has soft hands. And I just remember my eyelids started to, to, to close and just stare at him like, oh, you've never worked a day in your life on a dock. You've never worked a day of your life working on uh, on the telephone lines like the AT&T workers do or the T-Mobile people do. You know what I mean? Because he is a, he's almost like a politician, you know, to, to get to become the president of the local of the CWA. You're not you're not working your way up the ranks. I don't care what anybody says. I met the guy. He has soft fucking hands. Soft hands. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sorry. He doesn't have workers' hands. He doesn't he didn't do the job that, that Chris Chris G and I did. We worked together in the warehouse. I guarantee yeah. you he never did any of that work. So to be to be fair to the IWW, at least they really stick to their principles. No matter what you think of syndicalism or yeah. any of that, they really do stick to their principles. I have a lot of respect for that, but I just don't see it working out for my kid organizing the McDonald's. No, for he's the like IWW. a lightweight, like tiny dictator. So, so I mean... he's a Marxist. <laughs> like he's like the, he wants well, to no. seize the means of production for himself. Yeah, but like he just he also wants to control everything, but he doesn't want to also do the work. So like, but he doesn't want you to like, you know. I don't know. He's a dictator. He's a mini dictator. Uh, hey, when I talk to him, I'm going to tell him that, hey, listen, Angel says that you're a Marxist. and uh, the, the petty bourgeoisie. He, has, that's uh, right. The petty he wants the to petty bourgeoisie. Yeah. He wants to seize the means of the fucking McFlurry machine to make yeah. it work for the workers. <laughs> I mean, it's broken anyway. Shit. Right? It's always fucking broken. Oh, my God. I love it. Well, guys, you won't like what I'm about to tell you because, unfortunately, you roll in some of these circles. And you know people who roll in some of these circles. So uh, Comrade Bill Barr reportedly suggested bringing sedition charges against protesters. Okay. 
Oh, yeah, it's about to get rich. Uh, William Barr told prosecutors to explore aggressive cha uh, charges against people arrested at recent demonstrations across the United States, even suggesting bringing rarely used sedition charge reserved for those who have plotted a threat that posed imminent danger to government authority, according to multiple reports on Wednesday. And this is from The Guardian. Uh, the move signals a doubling down on Barr's aggressive approach to the protest. Barr told U.S. attorneys from across the country during a conference call last week that they should seek to pursue federal charges against people who were arrested at demonstrations, even if state charges could also apply, the Wall Street Journal reported. Um, it, uh, the Journal reported that more than 200 people had been charged with federal crimes in relation to the protests, including arson, assault of federal officers, and gun crimes. Dozens of the people who faced charges were protesting in Portland, Oregon, where protesters held nightly demonstrations and faced violent crackdown from federal agents. Now, before like before I go on, once again, all this stuff will be in the show notes. Uh, I don't know if any of you know this, but um, a Molotov cocktail that's classified by the ATF as a straight up bomb. Like that's not that like you're you're not you're not playing. That's not a firecracker. Like that's they really? they will th that's a federal you catching a federal charge but it's not really a bomb is it it's mm -hmm. just like fire in a bottle right yeah it's yeah it's gasoline or whatever <laughs> flammable substance you want to cram but into I've a bottle never, the yeah. that you light on fire and throw it shit i've never and really then, seen one in person so that's why i was asking i yeah. mean they'll burn stuff real quick <laughs> yeah yeah, it will burn stuff real quick, and apparently you're going to be going to uh, do federal time if you get but caught. It, but it's not really a bomb, though. So, like, how can you classify it as a bomb if it's not really? Uh, because this is the ATF. I mean, yeah, what do yeah, you what's expect? their definition of a bomb? Yeah, really. I mean, if if you a bottle rocket, they could charge you with anything. They could charge you a ham sandwich. The firearm is in, too. It's just insane. Yeah. Now, this is where it gets interesting. So the election is coming up. Don't worry, Ace. I'm not going to ask you to take a wager because I've already, I, I've been told by our sound engineer that I'm not allowed to do no, this. No, I said you can't make any new wagers until some of the bets come off the board. So, like, we have the election that's coming up. So that's coming off soon. So then, like, something else can replace that, right? And then, like, uh, the, the House of Representatives and the Senate, like, that's, <laughs> that's coming up. So, like, you yeah. know, we should be able to make more bets after that. Okay. But, like, All you right. keep adding, and fucking, it's hard to keep track. We need a bookie. I was just getting to say we got fucking bookie J over here, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm He's trying. like, hey, 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 you guys, I got an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> I won't do it, Ace. I'll tell I won't you do what, it we're going to have, we're gonna have a little side bet here uh, with uh, Grandmama's Gravy. Uh, on the line, <laughs> so we're gonna have a little bit of that red gravy here. Yeah, I, I don't know with if I'd want to bet that. Yeah, with the macaroni. Yeah, yeah, yeah with the macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> I would never bet Grandmama's gravy ever. I mean, I'm, <laughs> never, fiat never. currency is fine, but Grandmama's gravy—that's right? uh, real uh, currency. You could trade that. that I agree. <laughs> So the next administration, which I've gambled on, which would be uh, Comrade Biden, uh, the mm -hmm. defender of workers' rights everywhere, uh, <laughs> Joe Biden, uh, <laughs> he uh, issued a statement calling for the arrest of anarchists simply for being anarchists, which is very explicitly not illegal. I don't know if anyone knew that. It should yeah. also be noted that Biden and Trump have now joined together in openly calling for the political persecution of the same people. And this is from CBS News, very failed CBS News, I've heard. Uh, it says, this is the full quote, gentlemen and lady. I have said from the outset of the recent protests that there is no place for violence and destruction of property. Peaceful protesters should be protected and arsonists and anarchists should be prosecuted. Okay? I, 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 first of all, the fact that he was able to string all of this together without forgetting where his place was or forgetting that he was on stage, not shitting his pants, all of these things that, you know, <laughs> the man has, the guy has dementia. Ace, I'm sorry. Like, you're such a nice person, but I'm not. The guy has dementia. Okay. He's had two brain surgeries. He has? Yeah. He had, uh, he had like two aneurysms that they performed surgery on. Like they removed the top of his skull. Oh, and operated well, twice. Well, this makes perfect sense. Well, hey, just look at this. When he croaks, and he will, uh, <laughs> Comrade Kamala Harris, the uh, you know oh, the, yes. the liberator who mm -hmm. threw lots Good of people Kamala in jail. Yeah, yeah, Kamala, Miss Piggy the cop, uh, who wears Timberlands, which makes her. <laughs> did you see oh, that man. shit, guys? Did you see people went ape shit because she yes. wore Timberlands? 
Yes. And, and those, oh those are, I put out a tweet and I basically said, yeah, you know, the communists are absolutely correct about liberals. Yeah, I they, did see that. I love that. That was liberals great. Liberals are all vanity and nothing else. That, yeah. That's all they care about. That's true. Right. That's true. It, it, I couldn't believe well, that. Like BG progs. Really? Yes. Like how many of your constituents can afford Timberlands as it were? That's right. I, seriously, I mean, I'm not. When did they get so expensive, though? I thought like, weren't they usually like pretty reasonable, and then all of a sudden they became like a big accessory thing? Or I'm were not, they always kind of expensive? I thought they were always expensive. Huh. But I thought also that they were expensive workers' boots for a while. They were like, they became the American version of like, you know how like in the work like most of us are familiar with punk culture that came out of the United Kingdom. So like Doc Martens were worn by workers because they were great for your feet, they were comfortable, and they protected your toes. And then of course punk culture and skinhead culture, and I'm not talking about the racist one. I'm talking about the actual real one that came out of the movement. You know, like from mods to to, to punk rockers, skinheads, and all that. They wore it as a fashion statement. Timberlands, I think, used to be workers' boots, and then they just became kind of like a fashion statement. So I'm not 100% sure. I know that uh, when I worked as a um, – I worked on a dock that, you know, the cylinders for welding companies like acetylene and argon and stuff like that. We yeah. used to have to unload all of these cylinders, uh, and I remember one of the guys that I worked with had Timberlands, and every fucking guy in the union made fun of him. And because he didn't have real workers' boots, you know what I mean? Because that was it was so funny to watch the working class look over at this guy who had these fancy Timberlands. I'll never forget it. His name was Rick, and they shat all over him. They were like, they're like, oh, are you sure you want to get your boots dirty, Rick? I mean, those are really nice. But like, it was great, and you could see like the air come out of the balloons slowly. Like, oh no, oh, shit. one cannot look good and be a worker at the same time, comrades. You need real workers boots yep. from Kmart <laughs> anybody who doesn't know who Kmart is they're owned by Sears and Sears is about to go down the toilet so there really are, I don't matter. think there are any more Kmart I was going to say Kmart's been gone Kmart. for a minute that's a fucking shame a lot of good memories there I had a lot of friends steal stuff out of the store too when I was young I didn't do any <laughs> of that shit because I was afraid to go to jail because you know, I just didn't want to go to jail I didn't want to steal stuff just so, think maybe if they didn't steal from Kmart it might still be around today you know something that that's true and that hurts even more now to know that that happened. Fault their fault. Yeah, it's, fault. it's the butterfly effect, man. It, it, it is. Just takes one. Yeah, there's there's some fucking kid in Northeast Ohio that in, inadvertently led. He was like the he was like the Gavrilo Princip of Kmart. He stole one thing, and this led to this cataclysm that has now yeah. uh, ended the line of Austro-Hungarian Kmart's. Um, and now we live in world of pale shit. horse on the or pale rider on the pale horse, man. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I'm going to kick it out to the group. I think that uh, I've had enough fun over here taking over the conversation. So if anybody else wants to uh, talk about anything, please, the floor is open. No, I just want to say, like, I really need to figure out what the hell is going on in Washington because I have no idea. Like, and I'm, I'm seriously, I don't know. Like Washington State? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So all of our listeners out there in Washington State, someone please fucking email the show give us some cliff notes or something right, jay, jay spit out the email address it's info at useguyspod.com bam there you go okay that's all i have you can also reach us at useguysandthat at gmail.com there's two there's two email accounts if you really don't like the first one you can use the second one right, right? Please, we're giving you a choice here yeah please contact us across all like networking platforms there we're we're at all of them so well i want to know what's going on in portland too because they're still going to war against the police so i'm kind of curious that what's had black block showed yeah. up like there's wild shit it's been like a blackout, at least from my perspective, on the media. Like sometimes the media will just stop covering something, even though it's still happening, and it's just like, oh well, we have no idea what's going on right now. Kind of like the virus. Yes. Well done. <laughs> do you now with regards to Portland, Ace? Do you think that that's because the Law and Order crowd kind of really turn up to vote? Like Nixon played it really well after yeah. the '68 riots. Absolutely. Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking too, man. Like the reason why they're not talking about it is because it scares people, and they're going to vote for the candidate who's going to crack down on it. That's so. right. Because even Biden recently became more Law and Order, like just in his recent statements, and they were even on CNN. I think they were talking about how like this is showing up in the polls now, and they were getting real worried uh, talking about it. So yeah, they, it, it, it makes sense why they've uh, turned away from covering it. Fair enough. Uh, Chris, what do you, what do you got for me? What do you, what do you have? Nothing, man. Okay. Randall. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
I'm just kind of hanging out. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're all I think we're all tapped out, Jay. All right, we're all tapped out. Uh, I'm Ace, rocking like three hours of sleep right now. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Because you're because of the dog. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, the fucking constipated dog. That's yeah, never good. Dude. That's never good, man. Like that's... I'm just happy, like, because I'd rather him wake me up constantly to go outside than him just like shit all over the place and then me find <laughs> it in the morning. Yeah, but... oh, dude, that's horrible. You know, it's amazing. He's, he's like... doing better now, though. He's he's had a pretty good day. He's just sleeping now because he was up all night. So I wouldn't do that is... for a person, though. Do you know that, man? Like, I wouldn't get out of bed for like a person. <laughs> like, if my wife was like, "Hey, listen, I don't feel good." We're like, shut up, please. I mean, you don't have to open the door for her so she can go outside and try to shit, though. (laughs) How do you know, pal? How do you fucking know, man? I mean, I certainly hope not, but whatever. Hey, what you got going on behind closed doors is none of my business. (laughs) I'm the only one who was allowed to defecate in that toilet. Consenting adults and whatnot. Oh, my God. Oh, I apologize to the 80 of you that are listening to this. Um... Uh, Ace, do you have anything you'd like to add before we sign off here? Uh, I would just say that any ANCOM listening who who accuses uh, frontierism of being genocide that that wasn't real frontierism. So, yeah, <laughs> that's excellent. That's excellent. And once again, Perfect. you you can find Ace on Twitter, absolutely doing a a phenomenal job at Ace oh, underscore Arcus. Oh, thank you. And um, we will uh, we'll put all this. We have a couple of things that we uh, that we'll, that we talked about. We'll put the links in the show notes in case anybody's interested. Uh, in closing, I'd like to give a special shout out to our new patron, Chad. Thank you very much. You can sign up for it at useguyspod or excuse me, patreon.com forward slash useguyspod. It's two bucks a month, and you get exclusive uh, list, um, patron-only content. It's behind a paywall that you're not going to. We don't release that later on. It stays behind there. And also, you might have the opportunity to get a free T-shirt, but you won't know unless you sign up. So once again, that's patreon.com forward slash useguyspod. You can find us across all platforms. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at useguyspod. Uh, you can also reach us at the emails that uh, we mentioned earlier, info at useguyspod.com and useguysinthat at gmail.com. I want to say a special hello to all of our international listeners from France, Australia, Spain, the United Kingdom, Romania, Belgium, Brazil, Greece, Holland, Sweden, Finland, Can- Canada, Port- uh, Poland, Germany, India, Russia, and Portugal. Uh, really appreciate your listenership. Thank you very much. And, of course, a shout-out to my buddy uh, Paul B. from B-Town, who is continuing to send me these awesome texts. And I wish he would just write the book already, but he's not listening to me. Paul, I know you hear this because you listen to the show. Could you please start writing the book? I'd really appreciate it. And once again, we'd like write to say— Write the fucking book. Write the book, Paul. He's, he's, he's a wordsmith. He should be writing the book. Um, once again, our uh, friend down in uh, Australia, uh, at JT Libertas, and also known as Anarcho-Australian, I'd like to say hi to him and the people listening from the state of Victoria and also Western Australia and the Australian Capital Territory. Thank you very much for your listenership. Uh, Once again, I'm at Jay Colo on Twitter. Chris is at The Bloodletting. Angel is Angel underscore Sound Girl, which she's going to have to fix to make it Angel underscore uh, Sound Engineer. And uh, (laughs) at at, at Randy Rand underscore Duh underscore Man. Thank you very much, Ace, once again for joining us. Uh, We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.